You're listening to Irish Radio Candid Home and Abroad and we're sitting outside the Hunt Museum in Limerick on a glorious day at the end of June approaching Canada Day and I'm presented with two horses that are beautifully decorated in the courtyard having had a wonderful meal that was provided by the restaurant inside and um, I'm sitting across from Jill Cousins who is the director here at the Hunt. Jill, thanks a million for coming along for a chat. Very welcome. A little bit about the Hunt Museum and the history of the building that we're in and the two horses that are behind us. Well, the building is probably one of the most iconic uh, Georgian buildings in Limerick. It's 1963 Palladian, designed by Ducard. Um, unusually, it's made of limestone, not brick, which many of the other Georgian uh, houses are within Limerick. It uh, houses the Hunt collection. That was from 1997, 14th of January, uh, when it was opened. Originally, the Hunt collection, which is from John and Gertrude Hunt, about 2,000 objects that they had collected over a lifetime, was housed in UL. And this building was then purpose converted okay. in order to uh, hold that collection. And when you say it was um, in UL, UL is a number of miles out the road. So here we are now right in the heart of Limerick within sight literally of St. John's Castle and uh, all the other historic parts of Limerick. So it brings you into that whole core of wonderful history. Yeah, yeah. so you, we're literally juxtaposed with the medieval quarter, which is where King John's Castle is and St. Mary's Cathedral, a 12th century cathedral. Both fantastic <coughs> examples. There is still a medieval street going up through uh, the middle of that uh, quarter. We are actually in what's the beginning of the Georgian uh, quarter just over the Abbey River which encircles King's Island okay. uh, together with the, the mighty River Shannon which we back on to. Uh, you say 1997 uh, it was opened so relatively young. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so 22 years, 23 years on. The collection that they amassed is a world collection. It's phenomenal. It has pieces from literally all over the world. So Southeast Asia, Mexico, uh, Africa, a very rich collection from Europe, uh, particularly Italy and France um, and, and some German uh, stuff that was collected literally by them as dealers. So they were dealers for Sotheby's, for the Mets, for the Burrell, for the Pitt Rivers. Uh, they bought and sold at auctions and these were the pieces that they retained. John Hunt Sr.'s interest was very much in medieval religious art. Okay. Uh, we have a, probably one of the best collections of medieval religious art in Europe. Uh, it has a lot of Irish material in there and archaeologically we have quite a lot of Irish uh, material because John Hunt Sr. Uh, worked on archaeological digs and was very interested in archaeology generally. The Hunts themselves, their family background? I was actually been born in Watford um, and they moved here. Um, okay. uh, Gertrude was German um, okay. in, in origin. They met, I think, in Knightsbridge or somewhere and they, they moved over here. They adopted two children, John and Trudy. 
Hunt, John Hunt Jr. actually was the curator for the museum and the startup of, of the museum. They moved to Lockgur for an archaeological dig um, and they set up house there and Lockgur still is um, very much in John's name. Also worth a visit, fantastic right. Neolithic standing circle. Uh, and then Craganone, which is out in Clare, was also one of the places that they lived in and that was set up as a kind of living archaeology place. Right. Now, when you say it was originally housed at the University of Limerick, when did you move from there to here? 1997. And pr- when had it been established out 1993, there? 1993, I think. So, relatively short life out there. And getting a premises like this, because when I look at this building, it's not a huge building and for a large collection, oftentimes I know museums can run into a problem with where do I have the space to exhibit all the wonderful collections that we have. Yes. Does that present a problem oh, for you? I think so. So everything that we have is on display. It's been set up um, as a kind of wunderkammer, so a cabinet of curiosities. There are all these drawers you can open. Okay. So you'll find things in the drawers, including my absolute favourite piece, which is uh, a Picasso drawing of a, of a horse's head and a tête de rooster de femme. Um, and they, they designed it so that it felt like you were walking through rooms. Okay. And I think that worked when they set it up. I, I have a feeling that now we need to have a look at what we do um, in terms of showing the collections and pieces in the collection and the connection between them better. Nowadays, audiences want less and, and they want more explanation, but not in huge text. So we, yes. we're, we're very much looking at what we do next. As far as museum. And I would think one of the challenges is that in order for a museum to be attractive to adults, it needs to be welcoming to children. Yes, it, it needs to be child-friendly to, to get the adults in because people tend to bring their kids. So we have tours for kids, we have activities for kids, and it's partly the reason for the redesigners at the garden, the museum in the garden at the back. Okay, because kids want to touch things. They do. And museums don't want people touching things. No. Uh, Yeah, and I think it's in that whole area. So we do Heritage Week where you can touch things and play with things. We have a a means of stamping your own decadrachma. So we have one of the 30 pieces of silver in theory. (laughs) You can can create your own. I'm not sure that's entirely legal, but we allow kids to do it. Uh, And we we have uh, painting activities. We have craft activities through the winter for kids. We do musical things for kids, um, right. and it's very much with the aim of they bring their parents with them. Right. Oh, so and kids are free, which is also worth knowing. So we have two horses here that are beautifully decorated. Tell me about why. why. <laughs> so the two horses is the horse outside. This is where, as a non-Limerick native, I'm really going to go astray. But horses and sulkies are a big thing here. So you'll see people out with their funny little uh, carts and, yeah. uh, and the horse. Uh, and, and the horse outside is a rubber bandit uh, song and Blind Boy who does podcast yes. actually has his, his hand fit on here but it was created by I'm sorry the name escapes me as a community project so okay. they took the horses and they painted them some of the things represent things in a museum but it was really uh, done for the community they've been here a while I would be rich for every photograph that's taken against them 
And you mentioned the garden. That's a space that has recently opened. It is. And we've always had a garden. And the, the Hunt Museum, the, the entrance that you come into is actually the, the back of the, the custom house. So the custom house was where all of the ships would draw up at the quay on the Shannon. They would come in and they would register their goods in the captain's room um, and it, it performed its duty as, as a customs house. Um, so the, the front of the building is actually where the garden is coming up from the, the quay. Right. So the, the longer term plans are to flip the building so that you enter from that side rather from the back, which is where we're sitting now. Right. It had railings put up when they constructed uh, it as a museum, and we took the railings down last year, year before, I've also lost all sense of time, with the aim of opening up the whole space. We raised money through a crowdfunding campaign, Fundercobble. Um, we got a, a matching donations from different sponsors, um, including JP McManus, uh, which has really boosted and enabled us to go ahead with creating the garden from March onwards of this year. And how was that fundraising campaign? Because that, that was my first introduction to the Hunt Museum oh, uh, right. when Rosemary okay. reached out to me for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it did well. We we were the biggest one that they had last year. We we launched it in I think it was in May of last yeah. year and within six weeks we'd raised seventeen and a half thousand from selling cobbles that were engraved or benches or planters or river stones that were inscribed right. and in fact it's so successful people are now asking us for cobbles again and we've relaunched it not under Fundit but on, on the, the website itself ok and we will repeat it at the end but give the website address there now as well <laughs> that's at huntmuseum.ie is it? huntmuseum.com .com. so and again we'll repeat that at the end so if anybody wants their, uh, a couple with their name on it yeah. and to commemorate somebody that they, they somebody love else. lost here or just to commemorate the fact that they come from here or somebody who did an awful lot during this past couple of years uh, with COVID-19 right and um, the last 15 months have been a wonderful challenge for everybody that has any contact with the public particularly difficult you would have done some virtual uh, exhibitions or some virtual events during the last 15 months we did we did quite a lot um, our education department was phenomenal they used a lot of resources to up what we were doing online um, including things like using Mozilla hubs and whole new technologies um, we one of the, the this is going to sound terrible in some ways um, I come from a very digital background so I don't come from a traditional museum background uh, so one of the things I've been banging on about since I got here three years ago was we need to digitize this collection and we need to do 3D digitization uh, and we were doing it and we've actually we've, we've got about 100 objects uh, digitized that way they're all up on Scan the World and Sketchfab um, so you can see them in, in 3D and all their glory um, with the idea that you can make use of those objects to do whatever you want with them and one of the real bonuses of lockdown was that everybody within the museum 
got why you needed to digitise in a way that really hadn't been within the psyche beforehand. And our staff were fantastic. So front of we kept everybody. Our front of house staff converted to doing data entry, Wikicommons entry, Wikipedia entries, all the kinds of things that allow your collection to go way, way beyond the walls of the museum. Right. And that's the concept behind the garden because it's a museum in a garden. So these 3D uh, scans that we made are converted to create rather than two foot high or less foot high objects, they're two meter high objects in the garden. The kids play on, sit on, tactile feel, you're taking down the barrier of coming into the museum, you're putting it outside right. its walls. There other schemes here, one is um, in the lanes, there's a lanes project within Limerick, uh, one is in Jesuit Lane which has used copper repousse where you take a kind of tracing of, of, of an object and then you, you can punch it out with a pen on a very thin piece of metal. Um, so we've got our objects on very thin pieces of metal attached uh, to flower um, and trellises up on Jesuit Lane. Right. And then we had another idea which was around ceramic printing of the 3D scan that we're going to go into little windows um, in another lane. Unfortunately, COVID meant that was just not possible to make happen. But, uh, so, Jill, you mentioned you came here about three years ago. Um, what was, are you an historian or what's your love of this type of world? No, I'm an imposter. <laughs> um, uh, my previous job was Europeana, which is a very large digital platform for cultural heritage uh, for the whole of Europe. So, museums, okay. libraries, archives, audiovisual collections. We started that in 2004. And I've been there 15 years. That's long enough in any job. And I was coming. I'm coming up to retirement, and I thought, okay, what am I going to do uh, with my life? And this job came up, and they were looking for somebody who had uh, more of a digital background, more of a point to innovation and, and those kind of things. So I was very lucky. Uh, they 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 took me on, and I've had a great fun ever since, including in the last couple of years, which is amazing. Right, and of course, uh, this was the recognition that digital is so important and transition. And it must have been fascinating to be involved in that type of work, bringing collections to a digital platform over a 15-year period. Yeah, and, uh, and actually, I, I thoroughly believe that museums need to exist on three platforms. So you've got the physical, where your collection is, you can come see all those objects. Mm -hmm. You have the virtual, which is where it is everywhere you can put those objects. So that's why things like Wikipedia, uh, Wiki Commons, anywhere that anybody else wants to use your object, mm -hmm. um, I'm very keen on that happening. And then the third one is your human uh, networks, which you just cannot exist without. Mm -hmm. Whether that's your local community, or in this case, we have docents who tell you about the collection. Right. Yeah. 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 Really contribute to it. Indeed. Um, so, if somebody is coming here, and it's a question I always put to someone when I'm asking or talking to them, how much time would you recommend somebody allocate in their day if they want to work their way through the museum and appreciate what they're doing? It depends very much on your interest. Yeah. Uh, um, a minimum of an hour and a half. Okay. Uh, 
if you are seriously into archaeology, then you'd need to spend longer. If you're into medieval uh, Ireland and medieval religious art, you need to spend longer. We've also got things like a Sybil Connolly collection, so fashion designer and her dresses from the 1950s. She dressed people like Jackie and Alice Kennedy, so right. she really uh, was an amazing Irish designer of that period. And we have the Irish Contemporary Ceramics Collection. We also nearly always have a large exhibition in the downstairs Contemporary Exhibition Gallery. The one that's coming out within two weeks is called A Wild Atlantic Way, and it is connected into the Wild Atlantic mm-hmm. Way, and it is Irish lives and landscapes. When that one finishes, we are actually taking Hieronymus Bosch's The Garden of Earthly Delight in digital form. So you will put on VR uh, glasses and you will experience the Garden of Earthly Delight riding on a flying fish. Uh, and then you will come out and you will see the full triptych um, in, in front of you. It's again all digital, not, not the original, which is in the garden. So, yeah. So, Jay, we've just walked into the garden. Um, what do we see? So, what you see walking into the garden from Rutland Road is the Abbey River on your right and in front of you the Shannon. Um, on our right, we've actually got the beginnings of a community garden. Uh, it's, it's sponsored by John Moran, who is the chair of the Hunt Museum, in memory of his father, Sean Moran, and there's a bench there that commemorates that. We have a sensory garden in the making, uh, where you can feel the flowers, feel the, the, the fronds, smell things. Um, this is all very new, as you can see. Mm-hmm. It was launched last week. We have the grounds for a greenhouse, okay. um, and we're raising money at the moment for the greenhouse, and sitting on it at the moment are two disabled uh, planters so you can get wheelchairs under them and we've had the local St Gabriel's down for that. Um, You can see community boxes which are being looked after by men's sheds, women's groups throughout uh, Limerick. So we're coming around the edge of the hunt uh, custom house so this is actually the original front of the museum and we have a totally redesigned garden so what you see in front of you was a completely flat space just lawn going down to the river we've created these berms to kind of reflect a feeling of maritime that the river is estuarial so it goes up and down considerably okay. and the idea that you're, you're part of the ebb and flow so you see these berms of, of plants with different plantings on them. So the one we're standing before has a Mexican flavour to it, okay. which is to reflect what at the moment is our pièce de résistance, which is the Olmec man. He is from Mexico, is La Venta. Uh, in the museum, he's a serpentine object of about a foot high, not very big. And here you see him rendered in tricoya, which is a Irish fabric made of a mix I think of plastic and, and uh, recycled wood but all recycled okay. um, will last 50 years they tell us okay. um, and we have rendered him as a 2 metre high sculpture using CNC so he's been milled um, and constructed as, as he is and we had lots of sponsors to do this one and I'm looking across at the footbridge that is there and it's over yep. to the old potato market 
that's correct yeah, yeah. behind so it's and a fantastic with, view with the church in the, the background as well yep very very scenic stunning and you can see in the beds the, the river stones so these were actually taken up from the garden uh-huh. and they been written on um, and people paid for them to plant, put them next to a, a, a plant that's got names commemorated on the next um, alcove along you'll see the first of our um, benches that have been made for this uh-huh. thing they are fantastically comfortable and we are missing four at the moment so they're still to come in um, and this planting is uh, northern European with the idea that we're going to take an object from the museum that comes from the sort of northern Italy collections right. maybe our myolica jars our drug jars or something along those lines and place that there right. um, the following one is actually of a Southeast Asian flavour so we will put something from the collection that has a Southeast Asian flavour so the plinths are there ready to go the concept behind this is it's a museum in a garden okay. so you again as we, as we said before and then you will see which is proving very popular before us our garden chess set yes this should eventually be uh, made up of 3D printed pieces from the museum about the same kind of height as a normal garden chess set and to be made by the schools of Limerick from recycled plastic so um, we're, we're looking forward to, uh, to that indeed and of course you can see our, our cafe um, uh, to the left and then behind the berms are wildflower patches you can see the old poppy coming up now um, as we water them uh, surprisingly we are actually having to water them at the moment because it's now not raining yes. you'll see a couple of other uh, sculptures Tom Fitzpatrick and this one which is made of granite and I'm sorry I can't remember the name of the uh, the artist behind it so yeah and you look out onto the onto the Shannon and the key with some beautiful old old um, uh, trees still in place which is fantastic oh and one that's left which we're turning into a tree sculpture we ran a competition um, but we've left it completely rooted in the ground so you're not disturbing the, the rooting system because right. as everybody knows where I only discovered relatively recently trees seriously support each other beneath the ground as well as above it you're looking forward to the day when you can not restrict numbers coming through the door but at the moment the indoor area is open with masks um, what are the opening hours? They are Tuesday to Sunday, okay. uh, 10 to 4.30, uh, Tuesday to Saturday, 11 to 4.30, Sunday. And then there could be some uh, additional that you said yeah, might be some of the evening, festivals so or things like yeah, that. Yeah, watch out for the events on the, on the website or and again, yeah. yeah. So uh, And the uh, website again is huntmuseum.com. That's right. You're on Facebook? We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, TikTok, anything really. Okay. We're, 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 we're everywhere that we can be. Jill Cousin, it's been a real pleasure meeting and chatting with you, and I want to thank you for taking the time. And for me, thank you very much, Edwin.